Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into this Thursday edition of Sports Call live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, and I've got Brant Daughtry with me here on the show today. Happy to be on with you. Unfortunately, uh, if you were listening before now, you heard the Borgard High School girls uh, suffer a heartbreaking loss in area play to end their season, had a 3 nothing lead in the middle innings, could not hang on, ultimately losing by a score of 4-3, to and so that's that's why we are on the airwaves right now. So we'll have a two-hour show, kind of like old times. We used to be on air from 4 to 6 p.m. every single day. Now we will be on air from 4 to 6 today. But uh, we have a good bit planned for you today. Of course, we'll take all your phone calls on the Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-341 locally or toll-free 1-889-TIGER-9. Birthdays and sports, a nightly TV guide as always. We'll also have this week's Player of the Week. We've yet to do that. We had kind of a chaotic show yesterday day where we had uh, a situation where uh, we didn't know as we started the show how long we'd be on air. So, uh, And today we didn't know if we'd be on air or, not, or at all or not. So uh, we've been kind of having some uh, some randomness now, but glad to be on with you here today for a couple of hours. Again, a lot to talk about. Ryan and Brant with you today. Brant, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Happy to be here. Yeah, it, it's it's had some tough luck uh, recently with high school softball. Smith Station, their, uh, their season ended yesterday uh, and, and a tough battle with uh, Auburn High School and today Beauregard meeting a similar fate and, and you know just tough tough hard-fought games that didn't go either school's way uh, a couple of errors defensively that really kind of they kicked them while they were down and, uh, and and now we're we're done with high school softball for the year and that's always heartbreaking but uh, a lot's been happening since uh, the last time I was on the show the last time I was on the show it was not yet the first round of the draft uh, Marcelo Zuna has decided to to actually hit the baseball he's a pro again he's he's he looks i don't know passable <laughs> as a baseball player he's hit three home runs in two games now as uh he just hit his third of this series yep. so uh it, it braves are braves, in action braves are in, in action we yes. will be watching that for i'm sure most of the show at least and uh uh just a you know a lot going on in the transfer portal a lot going on in in alabama uh they're firing of their baseball coach uh, today and all that's surrounding that obviously nothing confirmed but a lot being inferred right now and uh, i'm sure we'll get into that uh, as we continue um yeah, just a loaded show. I haven't been on since the draft happened, right. since before the first round of the draft. So a lot to get into, and I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, absolutely. There is a lot to to, to go through, and uh, again, maybe the lead story is uh, in 
Tuscaloosa, as we've talked a little bit earlier this week about uh, what was going on with the Alabama baseball program just in terms of the fact that Ohio sportsbooks took them off uh, their their betting uh, list. And now uh, I think yesterday New Jersey did the same. And then now today you hear the news of Brad Bohannon being fired. He, of course, a former Auburn assistant, but uh, being fired today after, I believe, five years at Alabama. And the, the investigation with the betting is centering around him, as obvious by this, uh, this dismissal. Uh, some sources like Andy Staples suggesting that from what they're hearing, they are, do not think any players are involved. But the fact that Bohannon was let go today, uh, certainly reasonable to think that the the investigation centering around him and around the potential uh, potential that he was betting on his own team's games uh, and maybe even not just to win the game. So uh, that is obviously a very ser- serious deal. Again, we've talked in other sports. Uh, some NFL players got suspended a couple weeks ago. Uh, the Pete Rose stuff always comes up. Uh, and look, at, you've got to protect the integrity of a game. I, I, I don't think I have to lecture anyone on, on why this would be a big deal. You cannot have anyone participating in these games uh, be betting on them in either form or fashion because there are too many relationships involved. There's too many ways to try and uh, finagle an outcome of a game. And, I again, that is why they take this stuff very seriously. Alabama, uh, again, I don't know if they know for a fact if he's done it or not, and that's why they've gone ahead and dismissed him and, and they'll find the, the facts will come to light soon or if they're just not even – uh, you know, not even messing around here, but but nevertheless, uh, Brad Bohannon was was fired today at Alabama. A now string of stuff going on at, at Alabama, and uh, we will talk a little bit more about it here in just a minute. I'm going to go ahead and go to the Auburn make phone line though, because we've got a full rack of callers three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally toll free one triple eight nine Tiger nine. Let's start off the show today with Anthony from Auburn. Anthony is with us. Anthony, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Today was a nice sunny day. It was kind of cool last night, but I tell you, it, it's certainly looking beautiful right now. Yes, sir. It's a, it's an excellent day. So I guess he's the Pete Rose of college uh, uh, baseball now. Uh, if he actually did bet on those games, uh, wouldn't you think it'd be some kind of paper trail, or electronic trail, as far as using a debit card or a credit card or, or some kind of account that was set up with money transferred, moving from hand to hand and from place to place under somebody's feet? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would probably be electronic in this case. It's interesting. Uh, I, I wanted, I would love to know, like, wh- wh- where Bohannon was technically betting, like what state he was trying to use the authorization under. I don't know if it is Ohio since they took it all for, first. Or, I mean, technically, you know, you, you can't do that in, in certain ways here in this state. So I, I'd be interested to see where exactly he was doing it. But if it's le- electronic, you can find that out. It, it You know, the paper trail stuff is a lot harder uh, and it would have been harder to get caught back then, I would think. But uh, when you go electronically and all that, I mean, there's a lot of information that can get swapped around and uh, and that sort of thing. So I'd be really interested to find out. And I'm sure, I mean, again, something, some sort of red flag was brought up very quickly uh, after that LSU game this weekend. So uh, and then this this whole process has moved fairly quickly so far. You know, it's just pitiful uh, when something like this happens because you know a guy like that. Uh, you know, he's got a college degree and all that good stuff and making all that good cheese up there and apple pie. I mean, he's making a substantial amount of money and uh, fooling around with something like that. I mean, you know, if you had a, a janitor that was messing around with something like that, hoping he can get rich or, or somebody, uh, you know, trying to put two donuts together for a meal, 
you know, that's one thing. But somebody making that kind of money, fooling around with that kind of stuff, and, uh, you know, once you get caught, he'll never be a baseball coach on, again, period, on any level. Because you saw what they done to Pete Rose uh, in Major League Baseball. So he has no chance of ever being in the Major League coaching anything. Never coach again on college level. And ain't no high school going to have nothing to do with him. So this is a, a person that just thrown away his career if that's what he wanted to do the rest of his life. Uh, you know, that's been thrown down the drain. And now we got to wait and see if any players were involved. And if you got players involved, then the first thing somebody going to say, oh, they got too much NIL money. Oh, they got too much of that. They don't know what to do with the money. Oh, they're just a bunch of idiots with all this money. Ain't got sense enough to be invested in something worthwhile that can really turn them a, a, a nice profit uh, over a period of time and really have something and leave some generational wealth to the kids and grandkids uh, as if some of these players get married and have families as years go on. But, you know, I, I really hope no players involved because that's going to be the first thing somebody say because, you know, a lot of people already – well, some people anyway. Not I mean, some people already against the NIL money. When you look at Angel Reese uh, knocking down the kind of money she's knocking down, people been all on social media sites saying she don't need anything like that. And you look at the uh, gymnast. Uh, I think Olivia's name. Her name. Yeah, Dunn from LSU. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's already uh, seven figures. Three point five million is is the highest paid woman athlete in all of college sports. You know, and people have been critical of her. Some of the uh, photo shoots she's done, and some of the uh, you know, uh, different uh, things she's endorsed or whatnot in a, in a, a, you know, in a way that probably uh, uh, some people don't like or whatnot. So well, when you, if you do have those players involved, then, you know, that, that might be the big argument that everybody's really been looking for, that, that you know, to, to put the little power to it to give you what you need to say, well, hey, we might need to regulate the money, uh, you know, get some rules in there, uh, cut this money down and get it more reasonable. You know, to uh, keep people from uh, the college players from making that uh, substantial amount and just get them to something that, you know, just barely get them along. But uh, I'd hope not. Uh, you just never know nowadays, but it's just a shame, man. Anybody making money like that fooling around with something that stupid. Yeah, and again, you know, from what we've seen so far, again, we've still got to have a lot of details come to light. From what we've seen so far is the belief that there are no players involved. Obviously, that could change as more light comes today. I mean, uh, again, we still don't know exactly the nature of what Bohannon was doing, whether he was betting for his team, against his team, how much he was betting. We don't know any particulars. We just can put two and two together and think that it was something clearly done by him. And so, you know, we, we don't know the full, full scope of this yet. Hopefully, we will soon. And, and like I said, this process has been moving fairly quickly throughout the week. So I think we will know something pretty soon. But, yeah, it is an unfortunate situation. It's not something that I, I feel can remember happening in a while. And uh, you're right about the, the professional and college aspirations of, of Bohannon. I mean, he's going to be uh, untouchable now for a very long time, if not forever. So, uh, it, I mean, it, it is, uh, it's a disappointing situation for sure. And, again, for those kids, if they were not involved in any way, I mean, that is a team that's going to probably go to the NCAA tournament now they've got that cloud hanging over their head and uh, again a very unfortunate situation let me ask you something and I, and I, well i think we all know that if it is a fact that he did bet on games then he's going to for, those games got to be forfeit then right you know i don't know the answer to that i i mean that is uh fair to wonder uh i, I we they'd have to determine which games he bet on and they'd have to determine that uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what what would be relevant to everyone. I don't know if you'd feel like you'd have to determine that right away, so you know if they're they're eligible to make the NCAA tournament or not, or if it's something that would take a while, and therefore you just have to go back after the season's over. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but uh, again, it, especially if he's betting on his team to lose. 
uh, or I mean, well, either way. I mean, I don't know. I, I really, I really have not thought about that angle of it. Well, you know, if he's bad on them any kind of way, whether it's win, lose, tie, or or can't figure out what to do or whatnot, uh, those games will have to be forfeited. I mean, that ain't right to be betting on a game and you know uh, you uh, shaving points or whatever you're doing yeah. to, to uh, influence the outcome to, to pad your pocket and get all the fat cheese in it. Then those games will have to be forfeited. And I don't think they need to be nowhere playing in no tournament anywhere. If that be the case, I mean, but like you said, it takes a while to get that thing together. What kind of decision might be made? I guess if they do have a clear cut enough evidence that can go ahead and slam the door on them now, then I guess that'll happen now. But if not, then I guess they go through the process of the thing and play the games and whatever they win, whether it be a conference title or go to the World Series or whatnot, then that'll be stripped away later, the wins or whatnot. But I tell you, it's a black eye for college sports and definitely a black eye for the University of Alabama because it seems like they just can't keep the nose clean. Yeah, it's been a rough few months. They've had, uh, of course, the deputy athletic director got arrested uh, earlier this week. And oh yeah, what? I didn't know about that. Tell me about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Uh, I think an assault charge for the uh, deputy athletic director. I'm going to go back and, and find it. Really? Really? Uh, yeah. Let me let me work to get back on this. Um, yeah, uh, Matt Self uh, was arrested two days ago on domestic violence charges. Yes, domestic oh, yeah, violence charges. Who we beat up? Who we beat up? Uh, I, I, his wife or girlfriend, I assume. See, AL.com oh, really? article, Tuscaloosa Police Department. Uh, let's see. Got uh, an ad blocker here. That's great. <laughs> uh, we're live radio and clicked on the ad accidentally. Awesome stuff. Um, um, I'm not seeing here 24-hour domestic violence hold. Bottom of set $300. Uh Called to a home shortly after midnight Sunday as a result of the investigation. Self was charged with third degree domestic violence. Oh, I must slap around a little bit, roughed up a little bit, huh? I guess so, yeah. Matt Self, oh, uh, age 45. I guess Jody didn't got in there some kind of way. That's what that sounds like. Well, I guess they got to go ahead and fire him. You can't have nobody in a position of leadership of leading young men and women and mentoring them and all that kind of stuff and uh, whipping women. That just ain't going to work. So uh, go ahead and stay. I had to show him the door and let him go on. Well, guys, I appreciate the time and everything, but I'm going to get ahead and get ready to go to work and see if I can make me some cheese. I'll talk to y'all later. Sounds good. Go get that cheese. Appreciate right. it, Anthony. That is Anthony from Auburn joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been it's been all – I mean, it's been several facets for, for Alabama here recently where they've had some sort of run-in either legally or now with, with, uh, with sports betting potentially. So I'm going to quote something. This is uh, from The Athletic, uh, which is some kind of website apparently. Uh, the game in question was the first of a three-game series in Baton Rouge between, LSU, between Alabama and LSU, the consensus number one team in the country. Hours before the start of the game, Alabama scratched projected starting pitcher Luke Holman due to back tightness and started right-hander Hagen Banks in his place. The Crimson Tide trailed 8-1 to one after seven innings and rallied with five runs in the final two frames, but uh, LSU eventually ended up winning the game. Uh, and apparently the the bet that was placed to kind of make make uh, the sports book kind of give pause mm-hmm. was in a was on a bet for LSU to win. So see, so if you're putting the leaves to tea leaves together, then then that could be a again. This is just speculation here. Right, still, nothing, nothing confirmed. This is educated like guess here. Spe- educated speculation that uh, the implication is that Bo Hannon pulled. His starting pitcher, for whatever reason, I don't know if there was an injury or something there, but then coincided that with a bet for Alabama to then lose that game, yep. uh, which you just absolutely cannot do. 
and, and then uh, maybe giving some credence to the fact that maybe players were not involved. Alabama almost came back and won that game right. after being down 8-1, to one, as you said. Uh, maybe being unaware of their coach's uh, phone usage before the game. Um, so, so there again, there's still a lot to come out about this, but this is <laughs> grabbing a lot of national headlines again for all the wrong reasons. Um, it, it is uh, a very interesting story because, again, these don't happen every year. I mean, this is – I'm not saying it's never happened in my lifetime. I'm sure it has, and I've just not been aware. But uh, it's, it's not a every-year type of thing where a coach is betting on his own team uh, to win or I mean betting period but then also betting on his own team which he yeah. influences uh, because think of all the implications there again I didn't watch that game uh, or keep up with it but you know that if you bet to lose you then make purposely poor decisions yeah you know, and it, bring it, it in could a different be, bullpen guy or or whatever it could be something as simple as Bohannon knew that Holman was going to be out and waited to to put that on the injury report because it says he yeah. has back nitis. It gave a it gave an injury excuse as to the reason that the pitcher that was expected to start that game did not. He could have just known that, withheld it, made the bet, and then hours before the game uh, t- told everybody that the pitcher was not going to start, which would influence the line. That would be inside. That would yeah. essentially inside trading, and you, you very much cannot do that. Yeah, to put it in a higher profile sense, uh, you know, if you were. Let's let's just let's keep it in baseball. If you were in the playoffs, your Braves, your Max Freed, he's starting tonight. I like I like the Braves' chances, but then internally, you know, actually, we publicly said Freed's going to start, but we know he actually got sick last night. He's not pitching today. We're going to have to go bullpen day, but we're not going to announce that till an hour before. But then we're going to go privately bet on the other team. It's not it's good. Nuts. It it's is nuts. not good. It's a, it's a very bad situation. So again, those are still that that is still just educated speculation on putting two and two together. We think full reports will come out pretty shortly, uh, whether that be the end of this week or first of next week. But uh, nevertheless, a, a sticky situation with Alabama baseball firing Brad Bohannon today uh, with speculation of some sort of gambling. Uh, scandal with uh, himself and his own uh, own team there in Tuscaloosa. We're going to take our first time out of the show. We'll be back with more calls on the Auburn Bank phone, ri- phone line. You're listening to the, the Thursday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brant Dontry with you here. Again, this is what it felt like. Two hours every day, four to six, used to be the vibe. But uh, when we're in season, we get a lot of phone calls. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. Therefore, we moved three hours. But uh, this is kind of feeling like a little bit of a throwback with the two-hour show today. 334-887-341 locally or toll-free, one tiger 9 Let's go back to our Auburn Bank phone line next up on the program. James from Montgomery. James is with us. James, how are you doing? I'm good in War Eagle. War Eagle. 
Yeah, I know that y'all were talking about the um, Alabama's uh, baseball head coach, and uh, actually, and I think it was like a, a betting allegation that's been uh, throwing around in the fire, from what I was hearing. Uh, yes, that that is the. Uh, the, the potential uh, malpractice here, and that's the potential issue, is that it's believed that Bohannon could have been involved in not only betting on his team, but betting on his team to lose. Yeah, because I, I mean that. I mean, for that to actually happen here in in Tuscaloosa, I mean that that should not be, you know, in any circumstance for any uh, college baseball head coach for college baseball that that looks bad on the on the school's environment and it looks bad for the team and it looks bad for the fans of the University of Alabama and I don't know what's going to happen between now and next couple of weeks if they're going to uh, suspend him indefinitely or without pay because I know he is a head coach uh, for the baseball team for Alabama so I don't know if they're going to suspend him indefinitely or who they're going to actually replace him uh, probably like in the near future i'm not quite sure on that as well yeah no they already fired him uh james he will uh he'll never coach alabama again and uh he might never coach anywhere again i, I they named an interim i don't know if it was the the pitching coach or bench coach or, or whoever but uh they they do have an interim and, and they did relieve uh brad bohannon of his duties Yes, because I mean, with, with that being said, I mean that that looks bad for the University of Alabama, and that will look bad on the University of Alabama's fan base. And I mean, for any coach, for that matter, to actually, you know, bet on a game that they—I mean, I could say this because I know most most times when they're betting on games like this, they'll say, oh, we'll take this game and uh, see if Alabama's going to, like, for example, if Alabama and Auburn is playing and we're winning, then they'll say, okay, we'll just see if Alabama will make a, a huge uh, bounce back in, in the in the point spreads. I mean, I mean, it, it could be multiple different things happening behind the scenes that the fans don't know about or the athletics director or the president of the university doesn't even know about as well because I think this is like behind closed doors or um, something like that in, in that terminology as well. Well, it was supposed to be behind closed doors if you're Brad Bohannon, but uh, it's it's the doors have opened, the lights being shown on it, and it's not looking good for him. And uh, I do hate it for the players there, especially if they uh, did not know anything about that. Uh, having your own coach bet on you to lose is, uh, is is rough, and then also there could be consequences for this team. It might become ineligible to make the postseason, or it could be forfeiting games. I really do not know what would be on the table because this is not an everyday occurrence. But uh, yeah, I mean, that, that is a, a disappointing situation for sure. But again, Alabama acted pretty quickly there uh, dismissing Bo Hannon, and uh, we believe we'll get more particulars on what exactly happened pretty soon. Yes, as well. And then I know from one of the other callers that we're talking about, I think Anthony was talking about the NIO deals and uh, seeing. I've, I've actually seen so many of these athletes getting paid for, you know, their name, image, and likeness. Like the LSU uh, basketball player um, that's going now, she's going to the WNBA and she's getting, like, you know, shoe deals and. Uh, endorsement deals from all these different major companies i mean these are these are young kids these are these are like uh 20 21 22 23 year old kids i mean why would they want to just 
do that to these young athletes like that for the NIL deal? Uh, well, the well, the athletes are, are trying to earn earn money here based off of the fact they create a lot of value for their athletics departments and that sort of thing, and they also can create value for themselves on and off the floor, and, and that's what uh, these players are being able to do with NIL. And, uh, again, it, it has opened a world of change, but, again, these players have for a long time created a lot of value when you talk about the – millions and millions of dollars that flow through college athletics so that's uh that's just them getting getting a part of that yes because i mean i've seen this done with the nil deal with professional uh sports athletes i mean that's a little different because they're professional athletes these are uh college students that are in schools and trying to you know like for for like all these different brands like you know if they are you know giving like you know, making them, you know, trying to say, hey, we want you to be our spokesperson for Under Armour or Nike or Puma or, or, or different uh, sports at, uh, sports um, apparel for, for them to actually, you know, show off and, you know, just to like wear their brands, you know, because it's, it's wrong for them to do that, to actually, you know, sit there and say, hey, here's the, here's the, you know, a check for you and sign your name. I mean, professional athletes can do that, not these college kids that are going to school for four years. Well, well, those kids can now uh, under the under the new rules, and and uh, they uh, they started that up a, a year or two ago. And I, I think that everyone wants it regulated better, but I do think it's here to stay in some form or fashion. Yes, because I mean, I mean, why can't like I know it's a good thing for them to do to actually do that, but I mean, it, it's what they want, and I can you know support some of these athletes as well, and seeing what their what their outcomes in the near future will be, like um, Olivia uh, Dunn from uh, LSU, the the gymnast from LSU. I mean, I've I've seen a lot of her uh, TikTok videos, her Instagram videos, and I mean, she's. She, she's a, a really good inspiration to a lot of uh, people, and I, I wish her the best of luck in, in her near future as well. Yes, as well. All right, what else do you got today, James? Well, with the NBA Finals uh, coming out tonight, I actually i am going to be watching the matchup between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Golden State Warriors, and I have the Lakers winning uh, in the second round of the uh, semifinals of the uh, of the playoffs as well, and seeing how many points will LeBron James actually put up with Anthony Davis uh, actually getting uh, the rebound as well. Yeah, Anthony Davis was awesome in Game One for the Lakers. I think he was the biggest reason why they won with a thirty point twenty rebound game. And the Warriors really need this one tonight. They can't go down o two on their home floor, so it's going to be a very interesting matchup. Yeah, so I think with this one, I, I think the final score would be 117 to one, uh, 112. I think the first game was something like that. I think it was a five-point game or, or, or something around there. So we will, uh, we will see if that happens again. Yes, as well. And then um, with the Atlanta Braves, they're actually doing pretty good. And I'll probably see the Atlanta Braves actually making it to the World Series this year. That is the hope. They're off to a 21-10 and 10 start. They are beating the Marlins in the middle innings right now, so they are having a good time of it at Miami. Hopefully they can finish off this game. And, again, a lot of baseball to be played this year, but certainly a very optimistic start for the Braves. 
Yes, as well. And then with the um, hockey team that's going to be playing tonight with the Dallas Stars, we're actually playing game two of tonight uh, against the uh, against the Kraken. So I think uh, think uh, think. Uh, Dallas is going to win, so I think it will be like eight to three, if that, I'm mistaken. Uh, that would be a very high-scoring game if, uh, if if anyone's able to get to eight goals. But I, I do like Dallas's chances if they score eight goals to win the game, and mm-hmm. them being on their home ice, you'd expect them to come back and play well tonight. Yes, as well, because I mean we didn't even win last night, and it really made me upset. So I think that we might make a, a huge uh, bounce back tonight. Yeah, we will see. And of course, well, we're NHL Stanley Cup uh, playoffs are a lot of fun to watch, a lot of intense action, and uh, we will continue to follow them all the way through. Yeah, yeah, as well, and uh, and actually seeing what's going to happen if um, if Dallas would win the Stanley Cup. We shall see. Any final thoughts for us today, James? Um, I don't have any final thoughts for y'all today, but I know today is May 4th, which is uh, Star Wars week. So it's going to be some really good uh, Star Wars movies on tonight. And I'm sure a lot of Star Wars fans will be watching them. It's the time to do it. May the 4th be with you. All right. Sounds good. And War Eagle. War Eagle. That is James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. We're going to take our next time out of the show. More from the Auburn Bank phone line. Also, birthdays and sports a little bit later. You're listening to the Thursday edition of Sports Call right here in Tiger 95.9. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, Ryan LaVoy, Brand Daughtry. Again, if you're just joining us, you didn't miss as much as you think you did. We got on air about 4 o'clock today. Borgard High School had area softball play. Unfortunately, Hornets could not hang on to the lead and make the state tournament and make the area final. So uh, our high school seasons are over here with Tiger Communications, except for Smith Station Baseball, who is still going. They advanced to round two of the baseball playoffs. I think they've got Baker. Yeah, they're playing uh, playing Baker uh, this weekend, I think. Okay, so they are at Baker and uh, trying to advance there. So everyone else, both softball programs that we carry and, and uh, Borgard baseball done for the year. But we'll see if Smith Station can keep going for it on the baseball side of things. 334-887-341 locally. Toll free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9 to join us on the show today. Next up on the Auburn Bank phone line, Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve joins us. Steve, how are you doing? May the 4th be with you guys. There you go. May the 4th be with you. All right. Do you know the origins of that phrase? I, I don't know specifically. Neither did I. 
but uh, I get the, the History Channel mails me their emails every day to tell me what happened on this date uh, and what year. So in 1994, guys, on this date, in London, England, they were having a parliamentary hearing on how to enhance or improve the uh, uh, defense, uh, I guess, uh, funding uh, for their country. And one of the parliamentarians uh, said that his aides had decided to call the proposed bill to increase their funding uh, the force. May the force be with you, because Star Wars had just uh, come out. And so his aide said, let's change it to May the 4th, because it was May the 4th when they decided to propose the new defense bill. So that's how May the 4th came about. Yeah, I would have I would have absolutely never known that. That that's it. Neither would I. So if you didn't know it then, now you do. Yes, sir. All right. It was good to hear from Anthony because uh, the fact I was gonna say, you know, uh where are our former calls? I haven't heard from those you know, people uh like Luke, uh Keith, uh Jeff from Georgia, uh Die Hard Die. Uh so I'd like to hear from those callers. It's been kind of a dry spell. Now they call sporadically, and we, we would have had a Luke phone call yesterday, but he just called in. Uh, we had to end the show abruptly, and he, he was going to be next up. So th- those guys still call in. We've had Keith a couple times. We've had Jeff a couple times. So uh, the guys still call in from time to time, I guess, just during the course of the, obviously, spring. You know, not as much to uh, talk about. But, uh, but yeah, no, those guys are still around. Okay. Well, uh, I guess it's been – I thought it's been maybe they came sabbatical. So, uh, Brett – uh, good to, to hear your voice again. And uh, I listened to the end of the game, guys. That apparently was a heartbreaking loss. They lost right there. I guess it was a walk-off uh, hit. Uh, went into in the center field and it was dropped. Yeah, it was. Uh, so it wasn't. Yeah, it was a base hit. It wasn't an error on that last play. They did have an error earlier in the game, and uh, or two errors earlier in the game. But uh, yeah, it was uh, three nothing. I think into the fifth inning, gave up two in the fifth, one in the sixth, and one in the seventh, and uh, heartbreaking way way to end the season. Yeah, those to me are the most uh, to me the most just uh, cruelly just really excruciating losses when you're dominating the other team the entire game and then bingo. They lose at the end. Yeah, absolutely. That ain't fair, is it? Uh, it hurts, but I mean that's why you got to play every every out, play it all the way to yeah. the end. All right, uh, moving on, guys. I see that Mr. Uh, uh, Holloway has been upgraded to a five star. Yeah, I think he's up to like the number seventeen player in the country, number fourteen player maybe on one service. He's he's gotten a lot of recognition. Yeah, uh, on two forty seven sports uh, said that uh, this is. Now, the second highest uh, star rec- uh, rated uh, recruit um, next to uh, Mr. Jabari Smith. Yeah, again, the work that uh, Bruce Pearl and company have done, uh, the, 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 even the fact that, I mean, again, let me take you back to just a few weeks ago when, when Peyton Marshall decommitted and it was kind of gotten out there that, that Bruce Pearl and Peyton Marshall had, had talked about uh, that that might be in both ways mutually both in both parties mutual interest to do that that would never have been a conversation you would have had with a top 100 player if you're Auburn basketball 10 years ago if you're if you got a top 100 player in your Auburn basketball you were ecstatic there was no, there was no more work to move on from with someone else you're 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 getting that guy but Auburn has gotten to be gotten at a level recruiting wise to where they feel they can get the absolutely best 
best talent in the country, whether that be some of the best talent in the portal, some of the best uh, talent from the high school ranks. They keep setting records for the best recruits that they're gathering in in their program's history. And and so Auburn still, you know, they've been they've been doing such a good job of getting some of this elite talent, and, and they've really continued to raise the bar in terms of what they expect to get in some of these recruiting classes and then also in the transfer portal. Well, it was, to me, it was a pleasant surprise because typically, you know, the adage goes, uh, or the, uh, uh, I guess, the perception goes that, you know, if uh, Auburn gets a highly recruited uh, uh, ranking, especially in football, uh, but they, you know, were, uh, you know, essentially downgraded later on because they came to Auburn soon going to Alabama, Georgia. You know, that's how that joke goes, right? Right. Uh, so that didn't happen this time. All right. Uh, moving on, guys. Have you seen the uh, starting lineup uh, on the baseball team coming Friday against uh, LSU? Yeah, no, they. they uh, oh, the uh, the pitching reception. I'm about to say they usually yeah, don't Mr. put Alsop. the put the put the lineup card out until the day up. Yeah, so they usually have been doing obviously Friday and Saturday. They've been going with Vale and then Herber Holes and then the TBAs on Sunday. So basically, what they just did is they kind of flipped that order around and they put a name on the TBA since it was going to be Friday. It's going to be basically a bullpen day, and they're moving their top two stars for Saturday and Sunday. I think they really wanted to get. Tommy Vale on Saturday night with just the, all, all the effort they're putting into making Saturday night a showcase it being a really late game. They're going to let the Eagle fly Saturday night. I think they wanted their top arm uh, for that big matchup Saturday night. Well, I read Coach Thompson's comments that it's an opportunity uh, for also. However, let me ask you candidly, guys. Is this just waving the white flag saying we'll take a loss on Friday night? No, I mean, they're, they're never going to enter a game thinking that way now if it gets fifth or sixth inning and they're down seven or eight runs yeah they're going to not pitch their best pitchers at that point but they had to they have to have a third pitcher throughout the weekend and i think you could have argued go herber holes on friday and Vale on saturday because again i really think that this is centered around they wanted tommy Vale on the mound saturday night for that for that big game they're flying the eagle for the first time ever at Plainsman right. Park, and so I really think that's what they wanted there, and so they had two options. Uh, they they could either just slide both those guys back and, and bring the TBA up to Friday and just bring it into a bullpen game, or they could have flipped Herbert Holes and Vail, and I think for the sake of those two guys, they wanted to keep it to where Herbert Holes still just still follows Tommy Vail. So, I mean, no, I, I, don't, I don't think in, in one sense they ever waved the white flag going into a game, but yes, of all the three games, Friday will now be the toughest for them to, to win just because they're probably going to have to have a lot of, of abnormally good performances from bullpen guys. And the only reason I said that, guys, in Jeff maybe, but also in Candidate, is I see the number one pitcher uh, at LSU will be the pitcher, starting pitcher for the Friday night game. And I said, oh my gosh, and we're putting up against that player, that pitcher, uh, uh, freshman, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, again, it, it's um, it's not going to be easy. Auburn will not be favored. I, I mean, it is going to be uh, a, a difficult one to win. But I mean, again, the mentality of this team is not to quit 
uh, just because they're they're going to have a, a bad pitching matchup again. You know, they they on Sunday. I know they didn't win the Sunday game in South, against South Carolina, but they were competitive all the way till the end. They led that game for a while, even with it having more of a bullpen day feel. So I I think that they clearly will be. Uh, up against it but if they get going early in that game if they can put a couple zeros up first and then they find a way to score three or four early I'll, absolutely all systems go to try to win that game all right finally guys um uh, balls from jason caldwell christian clemente and chris hummer have all picked auburn to land Aiden thorne in fact they all said it's going to be sooner than later you guys uh, agree yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the momentum's clearly been there the last 24 to 48 hours. Thorne had gotten in the portal originally this weekend, kind of putting a connotation on there that he there's a small chance he could be back to Michigan State. He wouldn't rule it out. Well, he officially ruled it out. I think it was earlier today or, or yesterday he sent a final message to right. Michigan State fans. So he's definitely gone there, uh, gone from there. And then, you again, you, you circle that or couple that, excuse me, with the momentum that Auburn's been getting. Yeah, I mean, I think that is a fair assessment to think that Auburn will be will be landing him. But, again, we, we never count the chickens until they hatch and, and uh, until – there's actually official word there. We're just going to treat it as a very educated guess and, and not quite as fact yet. Now, the only thing I, I kind of cringed on, and you guys can definitely see, you know, you're making too much of that and you're too much of a homer, is at the end of his comments, he said, Spartans forever. Well, now you're going to a different team. Uh, what are you going to say about Auburn? Yeah, I, I, I think I think everybody who transfers out of Auburn thanks Auburn and ends it with War Eagle. It's it's what you do. It's the right thing to do, and it's nothing to get messed up about. Uh, okay, I guess I would have said Spartans forever. I said enjoy being say Spartan or you know, something like that, but say forever, and then you go to another team. Oh, what does that say about your Steve? Passion? You. You preface this. You preface this question asking if you are being a little bit too much of a homer and asking it. I'm saying yes. You're being a little bit too much of a homer, getting worked up about this. Okay, then I won't get worked up about it. There you go. <laughs> okay. With that said, guys, I thank you for your time. My time, I know, is way up. So until tomorrow, you have a good May the Fourth be with you, and uh, we'll. Do it again tomorrow. Have a safe evening, guys. War Eagle. War Eagle, Steve. That is retired Ward AM Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line today on Sports Call. Just a couple minutes left in hour number one. So we'll take this time right now to do a real quick version of Birthdays in Sports. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports is presented by Max Credit Union. James Harrison turns 45 today, former NFL defensive lineman, most known for his time with Pittsburgh Steelers, born in Akron, Ohio, where he was a star in track and field and football, walked on to play football at Kent State. Starting for three seasons in college, was an all-max selection, went undrafted in 2002, signed by the Steelers, then cut by the Steelers at the, o- at the end of the 2 season, but re-signed in 2004 after a stint in NFL Europe and played for Pittsburgh for the majority of his career. Five-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, one-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Nice story of pers- perseverance there. Two-time Super Bowl champion James Harrison turns 45 today. One of the scariest men to ever walk the earth. Yeah, he was intimidating. He was intimidating. 
Eddie Perez turns 55. Perez was born in Venezuela, signed with the Braves in 1986, made his MLB debut for the team in 1995, played eight of his ten seasons with the Braves, and was a one-time NLCS MVP and one-time World Series champion. Retired in 2005 and is currently a coach for the Braves. I believe he ca- uh, is the bullpen coach, catches for the Braves in bullpen, something like that. Eddie Perez turns 55. Don Staley turns 53, head coach of the South Carolina women's basketball team and former WNBA guard. Staley was born in Philly and was National Player of the Year as a senior. He played college basketball at Virginia, was two-time ACC Player of the Year, two-time Naismith Player of the Year. Also led the Cavaliers to two Final Fours. After college, she was drafted in the ABL, where she was a two-time All-Star. In 2001, she joined the WNBA as the ninth overall draft pick and was an All-Star in six for seven seasons. In 2000, while still playing, she was hired as the head coach of Temple, where she was a three-time A-10 regular season champion, four-time A-10 tournament champion. In 2008, she let, left the coach South Carolina, where she's the head coach still today. Six-time SEC Coach of the Year, three-time Naismith Coach of the Year, seven-time regular season champion, seven-time tournament champion, five-time Final Four participant, and two-time national champion, Don Staley, turns 53 today. And Rory McIlroy turns 34. McElroy was born in Northern Ireland, began playing golf semi-professionally at 15, turned pro in 2007, joining the European Tour and eventually playing for the playing in the PGA Tour as well. Three-time PGA Tour Golfer of the Year, three-time FedEx Cup Champion, three-time European Tour Golfer of the Year, and four-time Major winner. He has a total. He has won a total of 48 professional tournament. One of the best players in the game, Rory McIlroy. Hard to believe he is already 34 years old. I remember him coming up. Some comparisons to Tiger, those are usually Ill, ill-informed, but uh, nevertheless, McElroy <laughs> was uh, and has been a, a great golfer. He will be a Hall of Fame golfer. He turns 34 today, and those are the birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union. Again, James Harrison turning 45, Eddie Perez turning 55, Don Staley turning 53, and Rory McElroy turning 34. All right, about to go to our end of our break. Again, on the other side, we will reveal this week's Sports Call Player of the Week. We will keep you up to date on any portal happenings for football uh, and for basketball. There's not a whole lot of new stuff today, but we will continue to give our thoughts on, on what Auburn's attempting to do in the portal. We might look a little bit to the professional sports a little bit uh, as well. So stay tuned. Still. A good bit more to go here on this two-hour show. Again, started at 4 o'clock today. If you missed any of it, go check it out on the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola. Again, out of time for our number one of the program today. Stay tuned. More Sports Call after this timeout. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. 
Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Second and final hour of Sports Call starting right now. Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. Ryan LaVoy, Brant Dontry with you here. Again, a shortened show. Not in the fact that we're ending early, but we started late today. We'll be getting off air as a, at our normal time. We just started at 4 o'clock instead of at 3. Tomorrow we will get off air early. Want to go ahead and get that out there. The batted ball sports are back. Final regular season series for Auburn softball. They take on Mississippi State inside of Jane B. Moore Field. So first pitch at 5 o'clock tomorrow. Airtime 445 right here on Tiger 95.9, which means we're off air right around 4.30 tomorrow. So, again, we can let you know that. Our apologies for having to be a little bit play it by ear these last two days with some Borgard softball and then some area tournament play that you just never know how it's going to shake out. So we're here with you here for the final hour. It is Brant's first show of the week, so we will make this a good time now to recap some of the happenings from earlier this week with the portal news and uh, just kind of the speculation where a couple of these uh, these deals are heading for Auburn football of course uh, the recap the week uh, Auburn did say goodbye officially to TJ Finley in the transfer portal uh, he or I guess vice versa or both ways I don't know how to frame that but uh, <laughs> uh, TJ Finley is in the transfer portal I think a, a mutually beneficial end yes. to to TJ Finley's career at Auburn uh, also Jalen McC- McLeod, 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 I don't know. I think McLeod, McLeod I don't know. McLeod uh, is in, uh, in, now going to be in the roster for the Auburn Tigers. Again, defensive end coming out of Appalachian State. And, of course, the news that we've talked a lot about on the show, Peyton Thorne could be heading to Auburn, could be, uh, at least Auburn seems to be the favorite there. Expected and, to. Um, and then, But then also Casey Thompson was a guy that, that did visit Auburn this past weekend, also kind of neck and neck with Thorne in terms of notoriety and just uh, at the top of everyone's wish list that does need a quarterback at this point. So, Brent, there's kind of the week laid out. I'll turn to you. Where do you want to start with all yeah, that? Yeah, you know, I already touched on TJ Finley. Best of luck to him. It didn't ever work out. He shouldn't, you know. I remember when he committed to Auburn, I was going, are we sure about this? Did we watch this kid at LSU? Uh, and the the whole idea was, well, he can get better. I think he did get better. He didn't get better enough. Uh, so it just definitely never worked out here, um, despite the best efforts of some. Um the Peyton Thorne thing is interesting to me. It seems like he is pretty much the front runner. It's I. It would be shocking if he didn't end up committing to Auburn at this point. His harsher critics will say that he is only an above average quarterback and can you cannot win a national championship with him. And to that I say, above average is well better than anything that Auburn has on its quarterback room at this moment. So they will take an uh, above average quarterback. Um, I I think that this raises the floor for Auburn. I think it raises both the floor and the ceiling. I think. When uh, I watched, when I looked at uh, what happened, we're Camberry, uh, myself, and our intern Andrew Martin at Glenn were, Smith. We're at Glenn Smith, and uh, ESPN FBI released their probabilities on that day, and, and I looked at that and I said, 
given where Auburn is right now, Auburn will finish somewhere between five and seven and seven and five. I think now I expect six and six to be the worst, and I think eight and four is very much on the table, assuming Peyton Thorne does commit to Auburn because it, it's such an important position. I think you can tack on one extra win. I still don't think that uh, you're going to be super competitive with the Georgias and Alabamas because of Peyton Thorne. Uh, I still think LSU, you know, they won the West last year and they didn't lose a whole lot. So definitely don't see that uh, that particular matchup changing. But I think it does. It gives you a better chance against the Mississippi schools, uh, state especially. Um I think you look. I think you definitely look better in the Cal game with a quarterback that you feel comfortable with. Uh, the schedule that Auburn has this year is incredibly easy by Auburn standards. You get Vanderbilt in the East, and you get both Georgia and Alabama in Jordan Hare Stadium. So such a a massive boost to what Auburn has had the past couple of seasons. So Cal not as formidable as yeah, some Cal, conference opponents. Cal has not had a winning season since 2019, which say the same thing about Auburn but whatever we'll we'll ignore <laughs> that um, but it definitely a schedule that lines up very well for Hugh Freeze in his first year uh, and if you get a quarterback in here uh, the caliber of Peyton Thorne you you raise your ceiling and your floor both at the same time yeah I mean again there are we, we've had a lot of discussions um, this whole spring I mean weeks and weeks of them where Auburn was waiting for someone, A, waiting for the portal to open, and then waiting for someone formidable to uh, make their presence known in the portal. And until a few days ago, that was just had just not happened, and Hugh Freeze had talked about it a little bit, although he w- was a little prophetic. I think he knew something was going on when he said it was about to pick up. And I, I think that with either Thompson or Thorne, I think that is the – Maybe not the upgrade that you had maybe hoped for back in the winter when this whole thing started, but as the spring came and went uh, and you saw that the spring portal outside of Colorado was not incredibly active, (laughs) um, this is going to be a pretty decent outcome for them. Now, it's going to be really um, – I I, I know I've talked a lot about Hugh Freeze – talking about the 2024 and 2025 classes being vital. But I think that this is the first step in some important recruiting for Auburn and some important program-changing dynamics. And it's not necessarily what the record becomes next year. I'm not you – know, there's a lot of paths to being 6-6, six and six, and there's a lot of paths to being 9-3. and three. Now, you have to do something special to start to go worse than 6-6 six and six or better than 9-3, and three, but there's, there's different ways a team can operate in that space. But this – how this quarterback – and say it's Thorne, but, but either one, Thorne or Thompson – how they come in here and assuming they win the job and how they play next year could set up Auburn's quarterback situation in the portal for a few years to come. And the reason I say that again, and I broached the subject earlier this week, when you're selling a message, because that's what Auburn's doing right now, they're selling other things other than the state of the current situation. They're selling their tradition. They're selling the rejuvenation of effort with the coaching staff. They're selling a vision more so than an actual on-field product right now when you're doing that and you start out if you can add to that vision the fact that you put a really good transfer quarterback out there and you actually develop him or he plays well for you that's another signal 
for any other transfer quarterbacks that you might have to, to look at that say, hey, this guy came here. He did exactly what we told you we're going to do for you. Here's the proof that we can do that. On the flip side of that, if he struggles, and again, I'm not trying to, you know, this is going to sound like it's putting the weight of the world on whoever <laughs> ends up being the quarterback because it's not. Well, he's a starting quarterback at an SEC r- school. He does have the weight on the world. Well, on his well true. Uh, you know, it, it's not, it, the world won't end here, but if the quarterback that comes in does not play well and Auburn does play have a similar year to last year where they're, they're trying to play Ashford and, and Ashford's maybe still not passing the ball well or they try Gurner and he's not what they hope to be. Then again, that sets a, a disappointing tone. Now, Auburn will have another big-time recruit coming in the next year uh, out of Arkansas in the form of Walker White. So that still can be alleviated. That's not why it's going to be the end-all, beyond, But it could be the, getting the ball rolling, so to speak. If you're able to get a quality quarterback to play quality football for you this fall that will start to help you with your vision with your message that okay we had a long way to go but here's the first steps that everything we're telling you we're on that path to do that and so given that the recruiting aspect of it's going to be so important for them in the high school ranks in 24 and 25 i felt that how this transfer quarterback plays on the field can also help their portal efforts if they need to go that route for another year or two because even the reality of it is even if Auburn brings in a top 10 class in 24 let's say they even get even higher aspirations and go top five in 2025 all right great but those are true freshmen they're not all going to be the best versions of themselves when they walk on campus and with the program at where it is right now which is one of the lower points it's ever been at because of two straight years of 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 losing records it's not just one awful year in 12 it's like this is who they've been for 24 36 months now you need a lot of improvement it's not like one position group we that's why i've talked about and, and you talked about changing the equation a little bit but it's not like if auburn gets a really good quarterback in here all of a sudden that's difference in six and six and eleven one let's let's slow down a little bit it might get them to eight wins or something like that but it's not necessarily going to guarantee some some huge 2013 boom season well like malazan had it because auburn had not had multi years of disappointment they had had in fact multiple years before 2012 of their very best recruiting classes they'd ever had mm-hmm. to that point. That's why the foundational talent was there. These, by by comparison, were some of the absolute worst recruiting classes Auburn's ever had. So that, that weighs on you three to four years down the line from that. And so, again, that's a long spiel. But if this quarterback can come in there it can be and play well. It can be a representation that the message is a is a message that can work, and it is a foundation that they can build from. And so, again, I think that this ends up being very important, not necessarily because of the wins or losses you have in year one, but because can you put some evidence to the message that you've been pre- preaching that yeah, this is going to end up happening. Buy into this. Yeah, it, it would add validity to the vision that you're pushing. If you can bring a quarterback in here and make him better. Uh, And like you said, it may not lead to winning the Iron Bowl. It may not even lead to being competitive in the Iron Bowl. Because like you said, there's more than one puzzle piece missing on this roster right now. I think the offense has a chance to be good. But the fact is, offensive line is a unit. You have brought in a bunch of guys from outside and you're trying to jam them all together at the same time. You You have made it better as a whole. But... 
offensive line has to be better than the sum of its parts. And right now, the parts that you have, they're better, but you, you may not be able to add them up to a greater sum. Um, the running back room, I think, is fantastic. I think you've got two really good running backs, perhaps three. Uh, we'll see when we get there. Quarterback is going to be a question mark until it isn't. Uh, the wide receivers are in the same boat. They're a question mark until they aren't. The defensive line is much the same way. You've lost your best players on that defensive line. You don't know who's going to play edge for you. You've got Jalen McLeod, who is he's a good player. He, he had a really good year at App, at App State last year. And if you want to see if he can be impressive against SEC opponents, go back and watch App State's game against ten, uh, Texas A&M because he went off in that game. But he, he is 6'1", 230. He is not a great edge setter. He is not going to play the run very well. He, he is a pass rush specialist. He is viable for second and longs and, and third and mediums and longer. He is not He's not going to fix right. that he's edge room. He's not an every down player. Right. No. He's not an every down player. He's not going to fix the edge room. Um, I, I don't know what the inside of your defensive line is going to look like. Your corner, I feel pretty good about the secondary, yeah. but that's about the only room I can say that about is I really like the secondary. Well, that's what I was going to say, uh, and I was debating whether to say it or go to break, and you started to say it for me out loud, so I'll just add to it. You know, With your Auburn right now, you're only feeling good, truly good, about two to three position groups. You're feeling good about running backs, as you said, and you're feeling good about corner and safety whether you yeah. want to jam that into one position group and just say defensive backs or, or split them up you're feeling good about the secondary but you are losing up front your best defensive lineman and i mean Derek hall i mean just look look at the results of the nfl draft Derek hall colby wooden undrafted free agency for Aku leota okay owen papo in the front seven was also drafted so the the good part of your defense from from last year or the good part of the front seven from last year is gone now you do have some some good corners and some some reliable safeties that you feel continue to get better and 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 i think will be now the strong point of this version of the defense but again i just told you about all that up front and most of that was pass rush related because auburn was what was this at one 104 in yards per attempt allowed uh rushing last year so it, it was not a good run stopping front to begin with and it was at least a pretty generative of uh, gener- generative uh, pass rush that they, they were able to get and so you add all that to the offensive issues we talk quarterback but you're right offensive line we think will get better but we've got to see it before yeah. we believe it this wide receiver group has been criticized uh, from from the word go uh, and, and needing a lot of new production out of that um, so, again, even if they fix the quarterback situation, again, that's why it's not all of a sudden a, a 10-11 win team that's going to hallelujah land, hallelujah land uh, as <laughs> easy for me to say, as Anthony would say. Um, but uh, that is why it's a build and it's a process. And I know we all want to have the hopes that they're going to be as good as they possibly can be. That's the goal. And they're not going to wave a white flag the second they step out on the football field but they will have a lot of apparent challenges that will crop up and so if they can get the position that we spend the most time talking about they can get that right but you know before anything else they can get that right and put that on tape for everyone well then you start to give again more uh, you use the word validity to the message and to the build and again knowing that it will take multiple years so you need multiple things to go right over the course of multiple years so uh, that is kind of the state of play right there as Auburn waits for 
Hopefully the commitment of Peyton Thorne. Casey Thompson still in the background. We'll see if one of those guys officially become Auburn Tigers either in this week or next week. We're going to take our next time out of the show. We'll come back. Sports Call's Player of the Week will be unveiled. You're listening to the Thursday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. know how easy it is to listen to our show all you have to do with your amazon smart device is say alexa play sports call auburn i'm Corey grant former auburn football and nfl running back and you are listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 Welcome back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brant Daughtry here with you. Another half hour or so. If you missed any of our show, go back and check out the Sports Call podcast. It's brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live, if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola tastes the feeling. Of course, you can find... The Sports Call Podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Tiger Communications app. And we certainly appreciate you if you are listening to us, even if it is not live on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. All right. Let's uh, get to, as promised, again, this has become more of a Thursday thing. I just, it should be like a Tuesday or Wednesday thing, but sometimes it happens where it goes a little bit later. But let's get to this week's Sports Call Player of the Week. Golden State Warriors point guard Steph Curry is Sports Call's Player of the Week. In a pivotal Game 7 against the Sacramento Kings, the four-time champion Curry put the Warriors on his back and closed out the series in dominant fashion. The four-time NBA champion went off for 50 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 assists in Sacramento to defeat the Kings and set up a showdown with LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. Steph Curry is Sports Call's Player of the Week. As you just heard from Mr. Brandt right there, Golden State Warrior guard Steph Curry, this week's Sports Call Player of the Week. There were some great performances from some Auburn batted ball sport players over the weekend. Uh, Matty Penta, again, winning SEC Co-Pitcher of the Week. And uh, Cooper McMurray had a big week for Auburn baseball. Bobby Barrels had a big week for Auburn baseball. But none of those players did something that had never been done before. The 50 points from Curry, the most points ever in a Game 7 in NBA playoff history, passing former teammate Kevin Durant, who had a 48-point game. So Curry gets 50 against Sacramento on the road. Uh, just incredible stuff that, that he does night in, night out. The array of finishes that he has uh, beyond the three-point shooting that everyone knows and love. But, uh, yeah, that was a long series. To finish that long series against a younger team with 50 points, 
Uh, that, that just, I don't know how you do better. And certainly no one else has an NBA history to Game 7. Yeah, Steph's been pretty incredible for several years now. I mean, the, he's one of the best of all time. He's probably going to be... You know, towards the top, towards the top five by the end of his career, which whenever that comes, he's he's what uh, 30, 35. 35? Okay, so he's he's got a little bit of time left, but um, certainly not a younger dude. So we just been watching him be really, really good for a long time now, and he just continues to impress. It's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, this Lakers Warriors series that's now kicked off uh, that is going to continue to draw a lot of eyeballs with with Curry versus LeBron and. There's some narratives that I just loathe out there. <laughs> Twitter, uh, man. We talk about it all the time. Twitter. Right, right. And and even so, I mean, there's also some guys just on other forms of talking heads and that sort of stuff on TV that are making it all about Curry and LeBron and, and, and saying, does it influence their legacies? I, I don't believe with the amount that these two have done that either one takes a hit in legacy based off of this series. I, just, I mean, again, Curry being the younger of the two at 35, LeBron being 38, I think at their ages and with everything they've accomplished, you can only add at this point. I mean, LeBron, I think for most people, is probably the second greatest player of all time. I know some people would argue first. There's a few people that would maybe say a little worse than second. I I think second's the most common answer. I think that's where he deserves to be. And then for Curry, again, I think that he, for a lot of people now, has broken into the top ten all time. Sure, I think he could go up a few more spots depending on how crazy these last few years go for him. But I don't think he's dropping out of the top ten if they lose to the Lakers in this series. I, I, I don't think this series – you're talking about from a – uh, legacy standpoint, anything like that. I don't think there's really much in this series, even though people want there to be between Curry and LeBron. No, as much as I love Steph, he's not going to pass LeBron, Stephen A. Smith, if, if the <laughs> Warriors win this series. Like that's not that's not how it works. But but certainly, and, and also the reason I hate those type of discussions too is it kind of takes away from from their greatness and kind of and kind of simple oversimplifies it into like one particular game or one particular series the reason that these guys are among the greatest of all time and uh, you know like i said lebron maybe being second greatest player of all time and steph being greatest shooter of all time and being up there top 10 top 15 wherever you have them to be that high up there means they've been great for a long time and it does not not and there's not one moment necessarily that defines it when you're that high it's a lot of moments and a lot of players can have a great year or a great playoffs or a couple great years and a couple and an MVP or two. But it's also about the opportunity that you, that you garner through postseason play. And again, I just, I, 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 on either side of the equation, these guys are not losing anything off their legacy if they lose this series, period. LeBron's not even in his prime anymore, <laughs> he's 38. I don't even think he's the best player of the team now, or at least not the most valuable. <laughs> I think it's Anthony Davis. If you want to say legacy, let's talk what AD could do as, as being the most important player on the team. That would be a more valid conversation, I feel like. So that's why I got into my best of the weekend earlier this week is appreciate the series for the greatness that is so clearly present that might not be there for much longer. LeBron is 38. That is old. That is not young in basketball terms. That is young in our terms, in normal, everyday, <laughs> average Joe, okay, that you're not halfway to the expected, or you're, yeah, you're just shy of the average life expectancy if you're 38. 
I'm not trying to get anyone sad that's that's old out there, but I'm just saying, like in the scope of life, 38's not old. But for a basketball player, you are old. There's not much time left for LeBron in the NBA. A couple more years, maybe three or four. For Steph at 35, I don't know how long he plans on playing. He's still th- somehow in his prime now, but that could change literally at any moment. Next year, he could open up, and he could not be quite the same. He'll still do some things well because he's Steph Curry, but his prime could end next year. So, again, I plead with other talking heads, with people on the Twitter, stop with these big picture ranking deals. Stop ranking. They're great at basketball. They've been for a long time. The lists are great. We're going to do a lot of lists this this season on Sports Call. Like from <laughs> like in a couple weeks throughout the month of June and July, lists will happen, but not for guys that are currently participating in that sport. If we're talking greatest of all time and all that. So anyway, uh, Steph Curry this week, Sports Call Player of the Week. I've enjoyed thoroughly the NBA playoffs. A lot of headlines. I've also enjoyed the NHL playoffs. I, I know, Brent, that you don't partake too much in those two playoffs, but I think for the average listener out there, too, most people are not watching those sports in the regular season. I, I certainly fall into that category for NHL. I do watch the crap out of the NBA throughout the season. It is my favorite sport. I know that just sent someone in a, in a tangent, <laughs> but it is my favorite sport. I watch it all the time. Um, but I am like a lot of people when it comes to the NHL where I do have a favorite team, and that's great, but I watch it way more broadly in the playoffs because I'll start watching every team and it's just great. It's a great playoff product. Both of them, both are great playoff products. And we've, you know, we've talked with some callers about the NHL and that sort of thing, but I think it was seven of the eight series went to at least six games. Yeah. Maybe seven. It was something nuts in the first round. The Bruins who had the best record ever, did not get out of the first round. They blew a 3-1 lead. I, I don't understand how all these great hockey teams, year after year, just d- don't end up doing anything <laughs> in the postseason. It was like the last nine or ten uh, – what, what was it? The last ten number one or best record teams, President Cup trope, they call it President's Cup, the top – record getters in hockey the last 10 years have not even made the Stanley Cup final, yeah. let alone won the thing. It's all crazy. I, I don't know how to process all that. And, and again, of those 10, only one or two of them went to the conference finals. <laughs> I, get, I mean, that's just as bad as not getting the Stanley Cup finals. Only, only two out of 10 made the, the conference finals. So these playoffs have been really special. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, those sports, but uh, I've been enjoying the mess out of these two sports, and I encourage everyone to, to give them a try over the next few weeks as we get deeper into these postseasons. I will say, I, I like you said, I I usually don't pick up the NBA. I mean, I, I pay attention to the Hawks because I'm an Atlanta sports fan, so I'll pay attention to them throughout most of the regular season. I turn on the NBA usually when it's the playoffs. Same thing with the NHL. I never pay attention to anything in the NHL. But playoff hockey's awesome, man. These winner-take-all type games, it is an atmosphere unlike anything else. And that's why I really can't wait for playoff games to hit college football stadiums because those, that atmosphere is already, I think, the best in sports. Um, so you start getting those winner-take-all type games in there. You think 
the Iron Bowls that we have right now that decide the SEC West are impressive and important. Wait until you're playing, I don't know, Oklahoma in Jordan-Hare Stadium in the first round of the playoffs. That I don't know, man. That's, that's going yeah. to be incredible. Playoff atmospheres are incredible regardless of the sport. Uh, again, I, I would love for our friend Bill Bailey – to still be on the show with us, so he can explain to me why the why in the world rest in peace. He's he's not dead. In case anyone's confused, <laughs> he's, about this. he's not. He's Just not. Be clear. Uh, saw him at a wedding the other weekend, actually, or at least I did not get to talk to him, but I saw that he was there. Um, and so, I would love to talk to him though, and just like have him explain to me why these top teams lose every single year and why it does not matter at all and home ice doesn't matter i again i'm a lightning guy and they won two out of three in toronto and they blew a 4-1 lead on their home ice they blew a lead with a minute remaining on their home ice and they had another game go to overtime that they lost on their home ice they had three home ice losses and they were all in overtime yeah like it did not matter at all and I just want to know why some of those things. Again, I don't watch enough to be able to go full dive breakdown like like we do in basketball and football sometimes, even in baseball. But I just it's some of this stuff, and that's what makes it purely awesome because you don't even know everything that's good or bad that they're doing. You're just kind of taking it as a whole, and you're just wowed because there's some hockey games where I'm just like, I don't know how it's not ten to eight. I don't know how they ever block <laughs> a single shot. Yeah, and there's some games where I'm like, I don't know how they ever score. Why it's zero it's zero so, the third period? I don't understand. It's so fast and hockey's awesome, man. I, I wish I could get into it more. I wish I understood it more. Cannot wait for Atlanta to get a team back so I can you know start supporting the team. Rest in peace, Thrashers. Yeah, rest in peace to the Thrashers. Now the Winnipeg Jets, but apparently they are building and uh, there is a new NHL yeah, they're team. Trying. They're yeah. they're trying to expand into Atlanta again. So uh, hopefully when that happens. Yeah, throw, throw, throw support behind the team. It's worked for Atlanta United. Yeah, I mean, wow, wow, has it worked for Atlanta United? That's been one of the most passionate fan bases in the uh, MLS for sure. We're going to take our final time out of the show today. When we come back, start to wrap things up again. Reminder that Friday we will have a shortened show. We'll be getting off here about four thirty tomorrow, but back to wrap this show up right after this. <laughs> is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning sports call Auburn. Welcome back. Final few minutes of Sports Call today. Tiger 95.9. Ryan Lavoy and Brant Dontry with you here. Just a few minutes left of the program. Interesting factoid put up on our screen in the Braves-Marlins series. So Jorge Soler, the former Brave. Ball just landed in Houston, by the way. <laughs> um, three for four today for the Marlins against the Braves. But before today, 
He was one of 21 against Atlanta this year. Pretty much on the Braves' payroll uh, <laughs> uh, for for prior games to today between the Fish and the Braves. Braves are just a strike away uh, from getting that uh, series sweep against Miami. Uh, having just a great week between the Mets getting swept by the Tigers of all teams. Phillies losing on a walk-off Grand Slam. Braves trying to get a sweep. Signs of life from Marcel Azuna. Uh, Rosario's been hot the last week. Now, Cunha did leave the game, but we won't talk about that just yet. We'll see how that goes. Seems seems more precautionary than anything else. As yeah. A.J. Minter secures the final strikeout, and the Braves win. Yeah, good to see him have a, a good outing today. So, Braves uh, Braves continuing good play now, 22-10 and 10 overall. Other random thing for you, we don't have time to deep dive. I'm going to deep dive on this one day next week if we're bored or at some <laughs> point. I watched the Super Mario Brothers movie last night. <laughs> Are you a, are you I've, a Mario or Luigi guy? I I've always felt more of a kinship with Mario as someone who is closer to the short and squat end of the spectrum <laughs> okay. than than the tall and lanky Luigi. So, but Very, I I've, I haven't seen that movie. I don't know if I'm going to, but I've heard it's it's a lot better than people expected it yeah. to be. So I could I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like nerd out on the box office numbers. I'll just tell you that grossing wise, it's gonna be one of the top twenty or thirty movies really? of all time. Really, when, it, when it's done. Okay. and I'll get into more nerd numbers later, either tomorrow or next week. But um, it was just so good to be in a feel good movie. I go <laughs> to so many that are dark and depressing because I like horror movies. And it was so good just to laugh and smile and just kind of feel. Just listen to Jack Black, just singing. <laughs> I, that's gone. That's uh-huh. gone viral. That's not uh-huh. a spoiler. Bowser has right. a song, and he's voiced right. by Jack Black. And to just, just again, be be kind of, I don't know. Just I, I forget the, I, the word I'm looking for is not coming to mind. Um, it's feel good. Yeah, but it's feel good. Nostalgic. There we go. Okay. We got there okay. eventually. Thank you, Brain. Just in time. Nice. Before it got awkward. Um, being nostalgic about something that I played a lot as a kid growing up. I played the Mario games all the time. Mario Kart, Mario Party, Super Smash Brothers, Mario Baseball, because your dude likes sports. Mm. Like, I played all of it. Mario, so Mario Super Baseball Strikers. was great. Yeah, I mean, all of it, man. And so there were nods to just about all those classic games in the movie. And it was just, I, I know I'm talking Mario at the end of a sports talk show. I don't <laughs> care. Get over Mario it. Mario you know, has a, like, Mario has an appearance in every sport at least once. This, right, exactly. This is the, you, on topic. I mean, some of the things they test you with in Mario. I'm telling you, man. Some of that was, stuff was great. So, anyway, uh, if uh, your kids are wanting to see it, if you just want to feel some nostalgia, I recommend going to see it. It was a good time. It was exactly what you wanted it to be. Don't worry about Chris Pratt's voice. They, they. I'll, I'll give you this. He can sound just like how you want him to sound. The movie did not want him to sound that way, though. Right. Yeah. So, uh, don't worry about any of that. Everything, uh, everything was great. All right. Last minute or two of the show. Time for a nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Sports Call's nightly TV guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Hey, you might have heard it's May the 4th, so we'll start off with some Star Wars. Usually we start off with the, the sports, but Star Wars Episode 6, 602 on TBS. Another movie, Deadpool 2, 630 on FX. And then The Wizard of Oz, 7 o'clock on TCM. Those are all three very, very different movies. Also in the world of sports tonight, NHL, Florida Panthers, Toronto Maple Leafs. That's Game 2. That one's on TNT. 
Panthers took game one from Toronto. Also, 7 o'clock, college baseball, nothing to see here. Alabama hosting number five Vanderbilt. That one's on ESPNU. <laughs> Uh, we'll we'll see how that one uh, that one goes post the dismissal of Brad Bohannon, and then uh, one omission from the nightly TV guide that I've got to put on there again. As mentioned, Golden State Warriors, Los Angeles Lakers, eight o'clock. That one on ESPN Game Two from the Chase Center. The Lakers trying to take a commanding series lead if they can get two straight on the road at Golden State. That is Sports Call's nightly TV guide presented by White Claw. Hard seltzer, and that will do it for the show today. Brant, appreciate you being here for the first time this week. Brant called all of our Smith Station softball over on FM Talk throughout the week, and so appreciate you for doing that and also for being here today. Thank you for having me. And, of course, we always appreciate all those that tuned in and called in throughout the show. For Brant Daughtry, my name is Ryan Voy. Have a great Thursday night, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.